Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the Gigafactory gets a grand opening date, Model 3 might be fully autonomous, your phone calls, and more. What's happening, friends? Happy Memorial Day weekend for American listeners. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 43 for May 29th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and it is indeed Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer for uh, basically America. San Francisco, we generally don't get much of a summer, but I have to tip my cap to to the city today. Uh, It's a beautiful day outside. Uh, I'm looking forward to... uh, to getting Maggie the Boxer over to her uh, her physical therapy appointment later today. I appreciate everybody that uh, sent some words of encouragement and support for after I talked a little bit about what's going on with her last week. I think she's going to get there. We've been uh, we've been doing some of the home exercises that were prescribed, and uh, we're doing hydrotherapy with the veterinary physical therapist, where she actually goes into a a t- this tank with a treadmill that fills up with water and then she walks on the treadmill in the water as a, you know, as a resistance way of building up strength in that, in that uh, injured knee. So she's snoozing right now. We went out for a nice little walk earlier today, but it is podcast time and I'm in a good mood today because I just got done listening to all of your phone calls, which of course I do before every show and and figure out which ones I'm going to play on the show each week, and just uh, so many good ones. I'm getting so many calls, and they're they're like all great. None of you are trolls, which I appreciate more than you could possibly know, given that by day I work in the video game world, where sadly trolls are far too common. Uh, so yeah, I, I, tr- I actually, ge- because all the calls are good, I genuinely feel bad that I, I just can't play them all, lest these be 90-minute podcasts. But again, I've got an idea for how to fix that, and it plays into a lot of the things I've been talking about, so more soon. But first up, I wanted to start off with this week's Tesla news, a couple of big things. First up is the Gigafactory. Those of you uh, knew that uh, were qualified for the referral program, if you were a Model S owner and gave your referral code out to people, if you gave enough codes that people use to buy cars you would get yourself invited to the Gigafactory grand opening. And it looks like those emails are being sent out, and the date is set. July 29th, uh, Tesla sending out emails to those referral program winners, announcing that date, and the message was as such. Quote, we are excited to announce that the Gigafactory grand opening event will take place on the evening of Friday, July 29th, at our facility outside Reno, Nevada, signed the Tesla team. This is great news. We know that the Gigafactory is due to be producing cells by the end of the year, if not sooner. And uh, this should be an interesting event. I mean, it's it's supposed to just be a a magnificent place. Motor Trend had a chance to go out there. You know, we talked a lot about everything Motor Trend was doing out at the Gigafactory with the Model 3, uh, what, one or two shows ago. And I I gotta say, I was thinking about this. I wonder if Tesla's gonna do a second grand opening when the entire Gigafactory is done. Because remember, the footprint of what's there now is just a fraction of what the completed facility 
is going to be. And uh, a humble request, if any of my listeners go, please take mental notes and then call in with a nice, like, you know, 90-second report of your, of your experience. I would absolutely love to hear what the place will be like. I have no idea if I'll get invited to this. Tesla's been very kind to me the last couple events. But I gotta say, even, even if I was, I'm not sure I'd be able to make it uh, on my own dime out to, out to Reno for a, on, a, on a Friday in late July. The, the Nevada desert in July is not quite the most appealing of destinations, but of course, for, for a big Tesla event like this, it would be cool to see. But uh, we'll see what happens. But it is that you can mark, mark the date on the calendar. July 29th, the Gigafactory Grand Opening will be taking place. I'd also like to point out something else. This is purely a, a speculation on my part, but a guess, an educated guess. I would be willing to place a small wager that the Model 3 prototype or prototypes are going to be there. And I'll even go you one further. I think there's a decent chance that they may even give test rides again. Because what else are you going to do for fun out in the middle of the Nevada desert at a Tesla event? Sure, you can tour the facility, but I think there's got to be something else fun out there. So... You know, they brought the, the Model 3 prototype out for Motor Trend to do the shoot there. I wouldn't be surprised if they do uh, test rides for this at this event. And, you know, because it, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be there, but I, I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. And it would be a pretty cool place to get a Model 3 test ride. It'll be get a test ride in the prototype uh, at the place that's going to be producing the battery for the car that you reserve. So. That's, uh, that could be pretty cool if indeed that, that little speculation of mine comes true. Before we get to the new, next news story, I wanted to take a quick phone call here. Carlos down in Austin has a very handy IRS tip. You know, we've been talking a lot the last two or three shows about should you go ahead and get yourself a, uh, an outlet installed now in your garage, you know, get that cost knocked out of the way so that when your Model 3 arrives, you've just got the charging capability built in. Should you buy a high power wall connector? And if so, should you do it now? Because it's been back ordered. We've been talking a lot about that. And Carlos down in Austin has a very, very useful tip for this that's uh, relevant for right now. So I'm going to turn it over to Carlos. Go ahead, sir. Hey there, Ryan. Uh, This is Carlos in Austin, Texas. I've been listening to the podcast now for a while, and I hadn't heard you mention this. So if you have, I apologize in advance, but I wanted to alert you and your listeners to something that may be helpful. There is uh, the IRS's Alternative Fuel Vehicle Refueling Property Credit, uh, specifically Form 8911. I admit it does not have a great name to it. But essentially what it does is it allows people to get up to a uh, 30% or $1,000, whichever is less, tax credit for installing a EV charging station uh, in your home. Uh, Specifically, the station has to be uh, installed either in 2015 or 2016. The original use of the charging station has to begin with you, and it has to be installed on a property that's used as your primary home. Um, If you um, meet those qualifications, like I said, you can get either the lesser of 30% of the installation cost of the station or $1,000. You have to do it by the end of the year. And I just want to let you know about it because I don't think many people are aware of the tax credits. I actually chose to go ahead and get one installed in my home 
a uh, just a, a standard email 1450 plug uh, by the end of the year because I figure I'm probably not going to receive my Tesla Model 3 until 2018, but might as well get this done in advance to claim the tax credits. And I would recommend people to um, perhaps not get the fancy Tesla wall connector installed, in addition to the fact that it's being more expensive. Unless the Model 3 supports AC charging greater than 40 amps, the standard uh, mobile connector that the car comes with um, will meet your needs because, the, um, like I said, unless the car is able to take greater than 40 amps, using the, uh, the Tesla wall connector really won't give you any benefits um, other than just the fact that it looks cool on your wall. So thanks for the podcast. Hope this helps, and uh, keep up the great work. Take care. Bye-bye. Fantastic call, Carlos. Thank you. And this, I, I saw that I listened to your call and went, dang it, I did my NEMA 1450 outlet in 2013. Granted, uh, it did, it did, it wasn't super expensive. So I'm not, even, even in San Francisco, $300 it cost me to have my, my NEMA 1450 outlet put in, which seemed even cheap by, especially by San Francisco standards. But, um, when I was listening to the, to Carlos's call, I was wondering, hmm, I wonder if you have to prove that you're taking delivery of a car to get this. But, uh, Carlos, I hope you checked into that because I know on your call you said you did it even though you're just waiting for your Model 3. So I guess that would be the one thing I would advise my audience before just using this information to go ahead and do it. Like, okay, a a tax credit of some sort, 30% to $1,000, that's great, but... I would go ahead and find out, and maybe Carlos, if you happen to know, call in uh, after you hear this and just let me know for sure. Do you have to take delivery of the car first? Do you have to prove ownership of the car in order to get the tax credit for this? But uh, one other thing, though, Carlos, I would respectfully disagree with you on on not recommending that people get the high-powered wall connector. I'm not saying that they should, but... Here's the thing. Tesla's history suggests that either either a dual charger or more likely a higher capacity charger will be an option on the Model 3. Of course, the S had the dual charger option, and then the X had has a higher char- capacity charger option, and Model S just switched to that same 72 amp higher capacity option. So I suspect Model 3 will get the same option. Now, uh... Does everybody need a dual charger or a high-capacity charger? No, not everybody needs that. Uh, But remember that if you have the high-power wall connector, you can keep the mobile connector that comes with the car in the car for when you're out and about, and your high-power wall connector cable docks to the high-power wall connect uh, charger, and it's nice and neat, and it's tucked out of the way, and it saves you from having to fish the mobile connector out of the trunk or frunk or wherever you keep it, every single day. And remember, that bit of convenience might be worth it to some people considering that they're going to be plugging the car in effectively every single day for five years, 10, or however long they own the car. Nevertheless, Carlos, uh, thank you for this. This is a great tip, great way to save people some money, and thank you so much for calling in. Now, back to the news here. Remember how uh, myself and others speculated that the Model 3 might be fully autonomous? Well, depending on how you interpret what I'm about to play for you, that speculation could indeed turn out to be correct. I know I want it to be, and and, and I've talked on past shows 
about how it would make a lot of sense if it were, in fact, the case with, with the volume of production and the amount of data that Tesla could be taking in on any given day, let alone week or month or year. But uh, listen to this. This is, uh, this is Tesla's director of autopilot programs, Sterling Anderson, giving a, uh, a, a talk, doing an interview here, effectively a sort of forum, and listen to the question and listen to how Sterling handles this question. Uh, listen to this. Will the Model 3 be the first commercially available autonomous vehicle? Um, is it, huh? This one's throwing me for a loop, Jason. Yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, no, our, our vehicles will receive the latest technology as soon as we have it. We won't wait for a given model uh, to release a set of technology. Models S and X will continue to lead the way um, for the next little while in, in, uh, in improvements. Uh, I, we, we, don't, we, we fundamentally eschew the concept of, of model years. This adoption yes. curve that I just described is exactly why we do that. We don't yes. do that. And so we will not hold any technology for Model 3 that we will not have released already uh, when it's ready on, uh, on our other models. That was an excellent save. Now, I, I'm not laughing at Sterling. Let me make that clear. I'm, I'm merely laughing at the, the, the sort of situation there of, uh, of being stuck in a spot where he knows he's not supposed to say anything about it and he was trying to find the right, the right uh, thing to say without giving away anything. Now, what he ultimately came up with there after stumbling for a while he said, oh, well, we, we don't do model years and we're not going to wait. I think that was a deflection. And I know, yes, maybe I'm reading into this and history is going to prove me wrong, but what else do we have to do, folks, for the next 18 months between now and when this car comes out? This is all we have to do is to analyze and look at these things that pop up week after week. I think he was deflecting there and said, well, of course, of course, S and X are going to be leading the way for the next 18 months because they're the only cars that Tesla has for the next 18 months. I mean, it's, it's the poor guy here. It's like he just got cold cocked by a professional boxer. It's just, just, just got his bell rung. Uh, you know, he tries to save it there. In fact, even the interviewer sort of jokes with him after that. But, uh, this to me, in all seriousness, really seems to suggest that the model three is going to be packing full autonomous capability. Now, it might not be available from the time the first Model 3 rolls off the line. It may very well be rolled out as an over-the-air software update later, just like the original Autopilot was for the Model S's. You know, people were buying Model S's with the promise of Autopilot, and it took a year to actually get the software rolled out to all the cars that already had the hardware. Uh, but it's I, I really think it, it just makes a lot of sense for the three to be this car and to have, to have this capability, even if it's, and ha, by the way, how big of a news story would that be? It would be a, cause it's, it's one thing if it's, oh, you know, if the headlines are Tesla releases self-driving model three, that in and of itself is of course a headline. Of course, it's a big deal. But what if after six months, what if after one year, whenever the software is ready, and there are, let's say, 100,000, 200,000, maybe more Model 3s on the road. 
and the car's been reviewed, it's hopefully get, gotten some accolades, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen, but what if just one day Tesla flips the switch, the cars that people have been driving, including you and including me, suddenly can drive themselves, suddenly can take you to work, can take you home. What Think of the publicity and the headlines and the attention and the sales spike that that would cause for Tesla, which would only further advance the company's ultimate goal of uh, advancing the adoption of sustainable transport. I mean, that would be, that would be a huge news story for the, for the cars to suddenly overnight be able to drive themselves. That's, that would be nuts. And I think it's entirely in the realm of possibility. I want to thank, by the way, Matt Para, listener uh, of Ride the Lightning, for emailing this to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Complete with the time code, he brought this specific thing to my attention. Thank you so much, Matt, because I I haven't seen anybody else report on this. Uh, I've seen mentions of this talk, but not of this specific thing, which I think is the key thing to pull out of of, uh, Sterling's talk there, because that was just a really a really telling uh, scenario there that that poor Sterling was clearly not prepared for. Uh, But a a couple of other interesting nuggets I'll just mention to you real quick. Uh, This is a quote from Mr. Anderson. Since introducing the autopilot hardware 18 months ago, we've accrued 780 million miles. And he says, we can use all of that data on our servers to look for how people are using our cars and how we can improve things. And he goes on to mention that every 10 hours, Tesla gets another million miles worth of data. Think of that number in the se- with self-driving on Model 3s. Because there are approximately 100,000 Model S's and then a few thousand Model X's in the world. That's now. But a, ver- a relatively small fraction of those are autopilot capable. Really, the only the last... 18 months worth of Tesla production has autopilot hardware. So think about if the Model 3s are indeed all packing the hardware necessary for full self-autonomous driving, think of the data that Tesla will be able to pull on a daily basis and think about how how quickly they'll be able to improve and advance the technology. It is going to be amazing. I mean, it really could... We could be sitting here doing this podcast in two years from now and, and be looking back, kind of like how we all take smartphones for granted now, of like, oh, yeah, of course, well, I'm going to email you and I'm going to tweet and I'm going to do all these things that are now we take for granted, effectively, on smartphones and in daily life with these things. We could be in that position in two years. And, and if you were to play me an old episode of the podcast when we're talking excitedly about the prospect of autonomous driving, it might, it might, it might be just funny to listen back. Like, wow, remember when, when that was a thing that wasn't a daily part of our lives? And remember when I had to drive myself to work if I wanted, you know, if I, <laughs> well, I had no choice. But anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting a little away from myself. But uh, Sterling, poor Sterling Anderson, he, he hung in there tough, but his... 
his non-answer answer, I think, was, was really telling there. So uh, maybe you guys disagree with me. Maybe I'm just being way too fanboyish or optimistic, but... Um, I do interview people for a living. I make it, I'm, I'm a listener for a living and a, and a one who asks questions. And boy, that was, that was really telling to me right there. Finally this week, the last thing I wanted to touch on news-wise before we get to some more phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline is, uh, remember when Elon tweeted that the number of Model 3 reservations blew away even the company's own internal projections? Well, now... Thanks to Tesla's president of global sales, John McNeil, we know just how conservative their guesses were in hindsight. Here's Mr. McNeil speaking at a conference in Lisbon, Portugal. Listen to this little clip. At the end of March, we introduced the Model 3 to the world, and that is a lower-priced, high-volume product. So we've just marched down the cost curve, uh, much like it happens in almost any industry. And we were blown away. Uh, by the response for the Model 3. We had a little bit of a pool amongst the executive team, and we, uh, we had to guess the number of reservations that uh, we thought we'd take in the first 24 hours, first week, and first month. And I had one of the higher numbers in the pool at 135,000. You may have read that we now have close to 400,000 reservations. It is an amazing response to an electric vehicle uh, and it shows the mass market potential uh, of an electric vehicle. Man, it is incredible to see that even Tesla's most optimistic projections were way off. Just like me, by the way. It is on record on this podcast. I believe I said 50,000 reservations in 24 hours. I think they probably did that in about two or three hours. So I was even more off. And it's just further proof that Tesla is on the right path. You know, they've done everything right uh, to get to this point, not without growing pains, of course. And the Model 3 is gorgeous and spacious and safe and fast. Now they just have to nail the execution and they will have done it. They will have completed the final step of Elon's not-so-secret master plan from 2006. And that is going to be cool when that day comes. All right, let me take a short little musical break. Come right back and do your calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. All right, it's time once again for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for this podcast, give me a call. The Ride the Lightning Hotline toll-free number. Call or Skype. It's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And I remind you that if you know somebody special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is a call I've actually had in my pocket for a week or so. Tony from Detroit, an OG listener. He's been listening since episode one. Thank you, Tony. He calls in with an excellent question about software-locked features asking a very good question of, does Tesla re... Well, I'll let him explain it, but I actually uh, had to reach out to Tesla on this one. So, Tony, go ahead. This is Tony calling from the Metro Detroit area in Michigan for the second time. Um, I've been with you since the beginning. Absolutely love your podcast. In regards to these 
uh, software locked features such as the new 75 kilowatt hour battery or um, autopilot or some of these other features that you pay to upgrade and taking it back to the certified pre-owned vehicles. My question is, is this something that when Tesla gets a vehicle back that has these features unlocked, um, are they going to revert it back to like the factory settings and make the new owner re-unlock them as a way of kind of double dipping into, you know, the technology that they've already put into this car, the immense time and effort. Um, you know, this maybe some people have thought about this before. Maybe Tesla has a policy on this. Um, and I'm just curious as your thoughts, if you know anything about it or, you know, if there isn't a policy on it, what you think they should do, how they should handle this stuff. And... Um, I had something else, but I actually just forgot it. So anyways, like I said, I've been with you in the beginning. Love your work. Keep up the great work. And hopefully I uh, hear this on the air. If not, no big deal. I'll keep on listening. Have a great day, Ryan. Tony, this is a great question. And by the way, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, in fact, as I mentioned before I played your call, it was such a good question that I didn't even want to pretend to speculate because that's all I could possibly do with that. So I sent an email to Tesla about it. I, uh, it took me a week, but I did get an answer back. And it's the answer that you would hope for from, from sort of a moral perspective and just a, you know, good business perspective. Uh, this is from a Tesla spokesperson, quote, regarding software-enabled features, these remain active and reflected in the price when a CPO car is purchased, i.e. customers don't need to buy the feature again. That's a... You know, nice way of saying no, Tesla does not deactivate autopilot or anything else when a car with those features is traded in so that they can charge the uh, the next customer for them a second time. So that is good news and a relief from Tesla there that they, uh, they don't pull any shady tactics in that department. Next up, Mike in New Hampshire responds to uh, what we've been talking about the last show or two about the hypothetical scenario if Tesla shut down and went bankrupt and went under tomorrow. And he makes a very, very good point about something that I have missed. Mike, go ahead. Hi, this is Mike in New Hampshire. And I was calling uh, in regards to a comment you made a couple of shows back about if uh, the worst was to happen and Tesla was to go out of business and what would happen to all these cars that uh, people own. And uh, one of the things I think you'll overlook is that the uh, supercharger network would be gone and that would give you a car that could go 200 miles, and that's it. And your the value of your car would probably go down substantially. So, uh, you know, parts, yeah, they'll be there for a while, but uh, I think the worst part would be the value of your car would plummet. So, anyway, enjoy the show, and uh, keep up the good work. Mike, you are right. I did overlook that. Uh, and I will say, though, in this hypothetical scenario where I suggested that someone, kind of like what happened with DeLorean, would buy all the parts and there'd be a you know, good parts supply and all that would be fine. Uh, but you know, maybe that same hypothetical group and that same hypothetical scenario would also take ownership of the superchargers too and that they would continue to maintain them. But uh, thankfully, of course, this is a hypothetical and it's not happening. You know, we're, 
we are long past the point where Tesla's future is in jeopardy. You know, they made it. It's done. They made it. They weathered the storms of manufacturing their first car from scratch, from other car companies coming at them, from oil companies coming at them, from the North American Dealers Association coming at them. Are there still plenty of battles left to fight? Yes, of course. But no one is going to put Tesla out of business now. I'm, I'm confident in saying that. I hope I don't come, I hope I don't come off too fanboyish in saying that. Uh, I mean, Tesla's successful. That's it. I mean, and yes, I know that they haven't been profitable yet from a sort of shareholder overall health of business perspective, but that, that operating on losses thing has all been part of the plan. If, if they're still not profitable after Model 3 is fully up to speed, well, then maybe we've got a problem. And, uh, <laughs> we, but, you know, the, the, I'm confident in saying that we're past the point where external forces could drive Tesla out of business. So uh, enough of that hypothetical. Let's get back to real life. And real life is the imminent Model 3 in hopefully 18 or so months from now. Next up, Mike from Boston calls in with his own savings plan. You know, we've been talking the last show or two about gamifying it, you know, making achievements for yourself, making a game out of out of trying to save for this car. So here's Mike from Boston with uh, with a with his strategy and maybe it'll help some of you guys. Hey Ryan just wanted to say uh, I love the podcast. I've been listening for many, many weeks. Uh, the build-up to the Model 3 reveal was awesome. Uh, this is <clears throat> this is Mike from Boston. Um, about saving and waiting for the Model 3, I actually set up an Acorn account. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's a little, little uh, phone and web thing that sort of rounds up your purchases uh, and takes the money and invests it and you can invest you know five dollars or twenty or whatever you want separately but it takes those little roundups uh, that maybe won't you know cause such of a big pinch on the budget uh, and puts them into account so I'm using that for my Tesla accessories account uh, meaning you know any upgrades um, I'm going to use this money to try and afford the, you know, the second motor and the larger battery and all the other things. So just thought I'd throw that out there as another way to put a little money aside and not have it be too painful. Uh, I love the podcast. You're awesome. And uh, I hope Maggie's okay. All right. Take care, man. Bye. Another great idea here. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, I've I've heard of this. Uh, I've not heard of Acorn specifically, but... Like I, uh, I've heard of some banks that will actually automatically do this for you. Like if you, if you enroll in it, it'll automatically, uh, round up purchases, like little purchases and dump them into a savings account. So this sounds like a very similar thing. And yeah, that's, that could be a, a really good way to, to help sort of supplement. I mean, this, I doubt, I doubt that's going to be enough to fully fund your purchase over the next year and a half, two years, but it's probably enough to, you know, to, to add a nice little cushion on top of what you're already doing. So good stuff, Mike. Thank you. And one more person calling in with a, uh, with a plan for a way to help make the weight and the savings plan more palatable. Here's Vi from Las Vegas 
who is breaking things down week by week. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Vahe from Las Vegas. Um, I just wanted to call you about um, the saving game that you put out there. Um, what I'm doing personally is instead of making it as a game, it's just mini goals. And started off as just kind of like a joke, but then it, it turned into a real thing. I kind of figured, uh, let me figure out exactly how many weeks I have until New Year's Eve 2017. And at the time I did that, there was 89 weeks. And um, try to set goals for, for every week. Um, for me, I'm trying to put, I'm busting my ass at work, uh, trying to get $500 a week to put aside. And because I'm just like you, I want to go for that performance model, uh, dual, you know, engine motor and everything like that. And um, I don't want a car payment. Uh, I haven't had a car payment in so long. I really like the idea of owning a Tesla and actually owning it myself. Um, so I was just something for the listeners, just not more or less make it a game, but do the numbers, do the math, figure out how long you have. And if you save $100 a week or $100 a month, realistically, where, where are you going to be when the, the car is set to launch, you know? And I don't know, just some, you know, my two cents on the matter. Uh, and for your other thing about, you know, wishing you had more support, man, we, we're we all hoping for you. we all on your side. So I hope you get that car ASAP, brother. All right. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I like this. I've, I too, I've always found that achieving a big goal is easier when you break it down into smaller goals. So this is a great, great idea. I love this. And uh, I will say, while I, like you, would ideally love to pay cash and not have a car payment, I will say I'm no financial expert, but if auto loan interest rates continue to stay pretty low, and I've read plenty of examples from people on the Tesla Motors Club forum of, uh, I believe, is it called Alliant? Uh, man, I should have, I, I'm not in front of my computer. I'm actually, <laughs> I've moved, I'm recording uh, in my car at the moment for, uh, for privacy's sake, just because my, my family's being loud upstairs. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't have my computer in front of me, but uh, I believe Alliant, or there, there's, there are one or two that, uh, credit unions that a number of TMC forum members have used that have a really low interest rate, particularly on electric vehicles. So what I'm what I'm saying is, if you know these, if auto loan interest rates continue to stay pretty low, it might not be the worst thing in the world when the money to bar when borrowing money is that cheap, so to speak. And you know, diligently pl- paying off a car loan can actually be good for your credit report and your credit history. So you know, definitely no car payment is better. But don't necessarily, um, you know, be terrified of it. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly always good to own things outright. But, you know, you just want to look into all your options, make an educated decision. And by the way, thank you so much, uh, Vi, for those words of support. I really, really appreciate that. Finally, this week in the mailbag or in the voice mailbox hotline, whatever it is I'm calling this, back on, oh man, like back on my old OXM podcast, we called it the uh, the voice mailbox. Chris from Toronto calling in with uh, with some support for, you know, I, I, I started the show last week by sort of airing some frustrations with, uh, with you know, my lack of progress in, in progressing towards this huge goal of Model 3 and hopefully that performance model and, 
And, uh, you know, anyway, you heard it if you listened last week, but I just wanted to play. I got a few really great calls, but I just wanted to play one of them, not, not any, out of any sort of ego, but just to, just again, illustrate how wonderful, uh, all of you listeners have been in this, in, in building this podcast and taking this journey with me towards the model three. So, uh, Chris from Toronto, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, it's, uh, it's Chris from Toronto in Canada. Um, at Eggplant, uh, creator of the SE, which I've seen on the uh, on podcast on log quite a bit, um, which I love. Um, just got a comment for your latest uh, podcast that I just started listening to. It's Sunday. It's the 22nd of May. Um, and you kind of expressed some trepidation, I guess, with sharing personal stories and personal life and, you know, wanting to make it not about you and about the Tesla um, podcast. But uh, I think that's the, the cool stuff that makes your podcast even better than it would be if it was just, you know, news and, and, and calls. And, you know, the personal touch is something that, that is very difficult. And I think you're a personable person, for lack of a better word. Um, and I think, you know, I might be the only one, but I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, and it's, uh, you know, the things that you express about, you know, not necessarily financial troubles, but, you know, stumbling blocks when you're trying to save for a big purchase um, and having vet bills and, you know, seeing Maggie, um, you know, not do so well after a fall and things like that. Those are totally life things that I'm sure a lot of people who are thinking about going into Tesla ownership, for example, or thinking of saving for a house or whatever it is, um, they, I'm, I'm sure, appreciate seeing that. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people that see you on IGN and think that you make, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year um, because they don't know that industry and they don't know how that, you know, media and, and, and those kinds of things work. Um, so seeing that, you know, you're putting a very human, real face to what 95% of people out there are, are probably thinking about, you know, saving for, for their future or their kids' education or whatever it is. Anyway, long-winded way of saying keep up what you're doing and don't ever feel bad for bringing some uh, some personal touches to it because that's what makes the uh, the podcast so great. So I'm going to keep listening, uh, and then uh, I've got all the IGN shows and Unlocked on uh, on rotation through that as well. So uh, thank you for everything that you do, and uh, hopefully we'll meet at E3 in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'll be there, and uh, see you soon. Thanks very much. Chris, I really, truly appreciate that call. Uh, thank you for taking the time to pick up the phone and to say that. Uh, I, I, I assure you that that reassurance is really helpful. And uh, I want to shout out to Doug from South Florida, who's called in before, left me a very, very sweet message as well. So thank you, Doug. And uh, I guess while just while we're in this little segment, I will also shout out Brian from the Twin Cities area up in Minnesota. He is new to the show. He left a really long message. Brian, love you, but uh, in the future, if you call in, please try to keep it to about a minute, minute and a half tops. But he left a very long message, very nice message. But uh, he started listening with episode 35, so he's new to the show. Welcome aboard, Brian. And uh, just thanks again to all of you. It has been the... the, uh, it's, It's amazing how much more almost alive we've all come since Model 3 was revealed. It was just, you know, we went through this, this show's been going for almost a year. We're coming up on the end of month 10 here now that it's the end of May. And, you know, 40, what, three episodes. And for for most of that time, it's been, you know, Model 3 speculation. What's it going to look like? What's going to be capable of covering S News and X News and the launch of X? But man, it's it's like... Everyone has this shared passion and interest now with the Model 3, and it's just been 
really cool to get more and more calls to the hotline every week and all this great support and I've seen the the listener numbers go up and this this is the beginning of the ride folks I'm I'm on it with you we're all on this together and the next year and a half is going to be great and of course after that when we all have our cars and we all can join in our Model S and X friends in in being a part of the Tesla experience from the inside, you know, the be on the inside of that club uh, instead of, as I always like to say, the the proverbial kid with his face pressed up against the window looking in, wishing he were inside. But it's going to be fun. So uh, buckle up. Here we go. And let me come right back. Just a quick, quick musical break here. And then I'll wrap things up right after this. All right, that wraps it up for another episode of Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast. Please follow me on Twitter if you don't already. You can find me at DMC underscore Ryan, and you can always email me as well, teslapodcast at gmail.com is the hopefully easy to remember email address for that. I've got a a little t-shirt website where I've got some fun video game inspired designs at nerdstyles.com. My friend Dave T. does a phenomenal weekly Tesla newsletter that I highly encourage you check out and subscribe to. He'll drop a nice little summary of the week's Tesla news in your mailbox every Friday. The website there is teslaweekly.com. teslarati.com is a fantastic site. They are posting Tesla news just about every single day. Uh, Gene and the crew over there have been very kind, very supportive of this podcast, and for that I can just cannot thank them enough. It is, uh, God, I love the Tesla community. It just, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before. It really reminds me a lot of the DeLorean community. And maybe that's one reason I'm drawn to it in the same way that I, that I was always drawn to the DeLorean and the and DeLorean community. And I loved being a part of the DeLorean community because the Tesla community is, it's a very, uh, the word I'm looking for is just a very uh, eclectic. That's the word I'm looking for. Just a very eclectic group. It's not, you know, granted Tesla owners now are a bit more on the affluent side in general because the cars cost a bit more. But when Model 3 hits and, it, and it's just going to, it's going to bring so many new people such as myself into the tent and so many of the listeners. But the enthusiasm the shared enthusiasm is something that I really genuinely don't think is common in the automotive world. It's not like, you know, it's not like Chevy has, you know, of course there's a Corvette, there's Corvette fan groups and, you know, this one and that one. But, you know, it's not like there are uh, Toyota Camry fan clubs. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to disparage Toyota Camrys. It's like literally the best selling car in America. But you, you get where I'm coming from. It's just... The, the, the Tesla community has, has been so great to be a part of. And as I've said, this, is, this podcast is my way of hopefully making a positive contribution to that community without yet being able to afford the buy-in of the car itself. So, uh, man. Uh, and, and again, Dave T. is one of those people. I got to meet him down at the Model 3 reveal event. Give his newsletter a look if you don't already, teslaweekly.com, and of course, Gene and the crew at teslarati.com. Check out that site. Great site. I love it. Uh, And, oh, last two notes, I guess, last two plugs. You're probably sick of hearing these at the end of every show by now, but you can always 
turn it off <laughs> before you, when you get to this part. Nobody, you don't have to listen to this far. I appreciate it if you do. Uh, Google Play. Uh, we're the, they now have podcasts, and the show is on there, so look for that. I apologize. There was an error with the show uh, last week or the week before where, for some reason, Google Play only picked up six minutes of it, and it was an you know, hour-plus episode but they were, I reached out to their support and they got it corrected within 24 hours. So hopefully it should be good to go from here on out. If you are a Google user, Google Play listener for you Android folks. And for you Tesla owners, who we appreciate so much, of course, for helping pave the way for Model 3 and being so kind and generous with, uh, with your, you know, so many of you that have offered to let me drive your cars and show off your cars and spread the word to people. You can listen to this podcast in your car by visiting the tunein.com website, search out the show, which you can do, search Tesla Podcast or Ride the Lightning. You'll find it, follow it on there, and then it should show up in your Tesla under your favorites. So however you listen to the podcast, I greatly appreciate you doing so. Thanks for joining me each and every week. This has been Ride the Lightning for yet another week, we're, we're on to June. Bring on June. The summer is here. We inch closer towards Model 3 each and every week. That is the cool part. My name is Ryan McCaffrey, and I will see you all again next week. Happy electric motoring.